Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the hallowed halls of Epic Productions here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence in the endless pursuit of creating infinite sales opportunities by having conversations with people like Mo Nabulzi. What's up, Mo? How you doing this evening, brother? Good, man. Uh, how do I sound? Am I too loud? Ah, uh, you're perfect. You're perfect. That's great. What's going awesome. on? Happy Tuesday, brother. How you doing? Yeah, you too. Just uh, you know, ending the day here on a positive note with you fellas yes sir yes sir welcome we're so happy to have you here tonight uh folks if you have a question from mo please put it into the chat and uh you know mo listen we this is a stage where we have conversation with entrepreneurs on a weekly basis and you know i've heard wonderful things about you i've seen some of the background that you're doing what you're up to in the world but um, where did it all start for you uh oh gosh um, I was raised in a family of entrepreneurs, you know, when I was young, they, they didn't have much. Uh, and, uh, so I got to see the, the rise of it all and the failure and the ups and downs. And, um, and, you know, I was blessed to, to, to be able to work at a lot of these companies that my uncles founded from car dealerships to gas stations to smoke shops, um, to be involved in the inner workings. And, you know, at the time I didn't realize how blessed I was. Um, but you know, you, 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 it's like you're subconsciously kind of taking everything in, you know, understanding management and finance and, and strategy and marketing and, and all of the above, um, which, which always led me to wanting to do my own thing. Um, at 17, I started, uh, teaching myself search engine optimization and I was oh, I marketing, uh, uh, doing a lot of like affiliate marketing type stuff. So right. I would create these these sites, these silo sites, which is basically a, a, a compilation of a multiple, like one page websites where you would just spam the crap out of these sites and uh, <laughs> put in all of the, uh, the affiliate links. And most of the time I was using ClickBank and JVZoo and I'm old. So the, I don't know if the younger audience is going to know what that means. Um, I think they're still around actually, <clears throat> but uh, you know, I was around 17. I remember at the tail end of my my 17th year, I uh, I got my first like $3,000 a month check, Ooh, okay. um, which was pretty cool getting a check in the mail. You know, I had a lot of doubt for my family. Like, what are you doing? Like, is this even legal? You know, uh, and, but when, and by the way, Mo, when when you were coming up too, what was yeah. the relationship with money like a scarcity one or was it one of abundance? Because I, I like I hear that you're saying, OK, I got that first $2,000 check and your family had some reservations. Like, what was that like? Well, the reservation came from the fact that they didn't understand what I was doing. Um, I honestly, I never had a scarcity mindset with money until I actually started making it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. You're in a position where you're like, okay, this is now something that's real and is something that I can scale. Yeah. I don't want it to get taken away from me. Right. Yeah. It's like that fear where it's like the opposite of what you want to do. The moment that you make money, you want to hold on to it. But in the reality is you want to actually use it. Yep. And leverage it as a tool and have it, you know, uh, do things for you, whether it be marketing, scaling, hiring employees, whatever the case, uh, investing it. Uh, but, you know, and I still struggle with that. I still struggle sometimes with like, oh, shit, I'm going back into scarcity mindset. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I need to get out of it, you know, negative self-talk, but I'm well aware I've developed a, a level of self um, awareness to understand when I'm going down that rabbit hole. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> and by the way, when, uh, cause I, I can completely identify with, you know, I think, I know, at least from me, I think at one point in every day that I experience, I have that retreat to emotional scarcity when it comes to money. Right. And it might be, you know, I just, you know, I had a big, I I had a larger expense item that came into my world or, you know, there, you know, we here at, we're a one-stop shop financial wellness center here at Epic Financial Strategies, Mo. And, you know, periodically things where things that you, you know, bank on or not necessarily bank on, but are, are thinking are going to come through. And I think anybody in sales will, um, you know, kind of identify with this, but you, you see something in your own head timeline wise, that's going to happen or transpire. And then something just has a hiccup, but then that creates the immediate, Oh my God, well, wait a second. You know, is this going to, you know, is this really going to work in my favor? Am I in the right business? You know, all those different things. So what are some strategies that you use to get yourself back into the thought process of emotional abundance when it comes to money? Is it uh, is it a daily ritual or is it something is what are some tricks that you use for that? Oh God, it's funny. I, I interview people talking about this exact topic. Um, it's a it's a myriad of different things. I, I would say the thing that grounds me the most is some form of meditation, and that could be gratitude, that could be journaling gratitude, that could be just taking a few deep breaths, that could be, um, you know, uh, for me, one of my forms of meditation is strength training. So I like to power lift and do a lot I- of. I've seen on Instagram, but that's a freaking real deal weight that you're putting. I, up there, I appreciate it. Oh man. That's Compared cool. to the guys that do that for a living, it's peanuts. But you know, for me, as long as I am in a state where I can find that form of meditation, whether, whatever it, whatever it is, um, I, I, I get to clear my thoughts and just like anything else, man, it takes practice. Like you cannot expect that you're just going to be in, um, in a great state of mind or a financial abundance state of mind or a positive state of mind. Uh, this whole, like this whole thing with like manifesting and, you know, the law of attraction and which again has some, it has some sense and it has some uh, logic to it, but it's like, I think where people go wrong is they misstep in the, in the, uh, the idea of it and not so much the actual application. It's, it's not just, hey, I'm going to write something down and I'm going to manifest a million dollar check or a yacht or uh, an amazing family or relationship. It's like, no, no, no. Like you have to understand, you have to put yourself in these states of mind on a continual basis until A, you're working towards that path. It's like the same, it's like that mantra, like, you know, the harder that I work, the luckier that I get. It's the same kind of principle in that sense. It's like you have to work towards that alignment. And if you're working towards that alignment and you're doing all this other stuff of meditation and journaling and gratitude and whatever it is, is center yourself, then it just everything starts to open up for you. The moment that you do the exact opposite, which is the negative self-talk or you find yourself in scarcity. Um, that's when things start unfolding and then the why me and oh crap and the stress and the frustration. And then you start to tell yourself in your head, the things that you don't want to attract into your world, which are the things that are pulling you away from the things that you're supposed to be doing in the first place. Hope that makes sense. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. No. And I, 
I think that, you know, I look at some of the existing ecosystem partnerships that we have, right, where, you know, whether it's business partnerships or individuals that see this, you know, the value, the scope of work that we do. And, you know, when, when we're approaching those relationships and or, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, proactively those relationships where, you know, how can we, how, how can we continue to innovate? How can we continue to help to escalate um, what, you know, the expansion of the build out is of that? Internally, we're manifesting our abundance mindset of what's coming down the pipeline, right? And that has yeah. the tendency to attract new people into your world. And you know, I I know that you know from my partner Rob, um, one of the major relationships that we attracted about five years ago was a guy named Chris Crone, who um, you know is somebody that Rob had a pre-existing relationship with, but it was at the point where Rob started to scale into higher you know into higher networks and think bigger from a business build-out perspective. That all of a sudden that started to attract people to want to hear what he was up to, right? And yeah. and it sounds and and sounds to me like you are someone who constantly because success doesn't knock on your door, right? But it sounds like you've, you're getting knocks on your door periodically, if not every single day, of people that want to hear more about what you're up to in the world, right? And so right now, Mo, what are you up to? Uh, nice segue. I appreciate that. Oh, uh, so <clears throat> I've, I've been an, I, I, I'm what you call like a, like a more of a creator than an entrepreneur. I like to build things, but I'm a starter. I'm not a finisher. So I have to build... I have to build an infrastructure around me that enables me to do the thing that I'm good at, which is the, the, the building phase, which is my strength. Um, and, and I've learned the hard way that what I, what I focus on, when I focus on my weaknesses, even though I had to learn those things, especially in the beginning, right? It's not like you have capital unless you're, you're blessed or maybe you, you, know, you, you, you did some funding, whatever the case. Uh, but most of the time in the service industry, like, you don't really need capital. You just need to roll up your sleeves and get into it and you can start building some, some wealth. Yep. Um, you know, I I've been in the marketing space for pretty much my entire life. Uh, like, you know, almost 20 years and actually 20 years now. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I've always found an interest in being able to communicate things either visually or with words. And now that I'm, in this place of podcasting and, and having it grow as, as much as it has in the last, you know, 12 months. Uh, I started in 2018, didn't really do much with it. Uh, 2019, I picked up a couple episodes, nothing really. 2020, I we had nothing to do. So <laughs> I, I was sitting at home. <laughs> so I was like, hey, might as well pick it up. And the funny thing oh, is, people, yeah, yeah. People are asking me like, how do you get these guests? They're like, you know what? I reach out to them. I reach out to them and I send them a message and you'd be surprised at how many people actually say yes. And the people that mm -hmm. say yes are the ones that are truly successful, that have already made their money, that have already done the things that they wanted to do. And they're in a position now where they just want to give back and they want to provide right. value. And those are the ultra successful. And when I say successful, I don't just mean monetarily. I mean, they have figured out life. They have won. And, and they're, they're there to help provide some sort of value for it. So I, I unintentionally um, built an agency that is around podcasting, but not, not what is typical. Most people in this field, it's almost like a, like a talent manager type situation where, Hey, we'll, we'll sign on clients and we'll be able to um, 
we'll be able to partner you with, you know, podcasts that have some sort of uh, credibility and that match your tone and, you know, maybe your business or, or your value add, whatever the case may be. Um, I will do that, but that's not what I'm focusing on. My focus is partnering with large networks like Spotify podcasts, iHeartRadio, some of these bigger, bigger brands, and then help business owners, entrepreneurs, creators, authors actually grow a podcast from a branding standpoint. Um, because a lot of times these guys are, they have the foundational pieces to have their team do the work. They just need to be the face behind the camera or the voice mm -hmm. behind the mic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, you know, it just, I started doing little things here and there with, uh, some of my, you know, my network and started building case studies and it was, wow, we have something here. This is pretty cool. Uh, and now we're about six months in and it's growing. It's pretty exciting. That's awesome. That is awesome. And folks, we are infinity X stage and microphone for human excellence. We're here with Mo Nabulzi. And, um, if you have a question for Mo, listen, this is wildly relevant for every single business owner that's out there. Look, you are trying to create for yourself a bigger stage and a bigger microphone. And obviously podcasting and social media proofing is something that Mo has a significant amount of experience in. And, um, if you have a question for how you are going to effectively build out a podcast, you're, you're on with the King and the mic, right? You know, so you want to put the, you want to smash that, uh, that question into the chat and I'll get to it as soon as I possibly can. Mo, I have a question for you. So, yeah. Um, did you stumble on this or was this something that you did, you know, kind of like it was, it was a stumble. Or? It was completely accidental. Uh, <laughs> so 2018, I was always curious about podcasts. I listened to podcasts, Joe Rogan and all of them, but yeah, the thing right. that really influenced me um, was I was a big, I still am of Tim Ferriss. Oh, all right. um, yeah, big Tim Ferriss fan. Shout out Tim Ferriss. And um, I had just, I think I had just read, I don't know if I just read it or it was like a few months prior, Tools of Titans. Yeah. Sure. And that really inspired me. I'm like, hmm, Anchor at the time had come out, which was this really, it's the software. Now they, they're acquired by Spotify, mm -hmm. but it, it just, it was like the barrier of entry was so easy. I'm like, Let, let's give it a try. I could download the app. I could set up my podcast on my phone. It's free. I don't have to do anything. The distribution is done. Let's give it a shot. And I just started reaching out to people and recording. I was like, this is just going to be a cool way. My own thought at the time was this will be an interesting way for me to have access to people that I may have never had the ability to have access to. Exactly. exactly. And that was, and that was it. That was literally it. And I called it habits of the few because I have been a, lifetime uh, advocate of self-development and, um, and, and much like the tools of Titans, I wanted to dissect the, the, the habits of the ultra successful in any regard, in any industry, in any career path, doesn't matter. I don't care if you're an author, a teacher, a scientist, an entrepreneur, a business owner, a engineer, didn't matter. I wanted to figure out like, what were the, what were the things that, um, that were like the, the, the common practice between all of them? And uh, it just gave me opportunity to speak to some incredible human beings, much like yourself, and uh, created this thing. And I, I really, I didn't think much of it at all. So it's Incre funny. Incredible, brother. And, you know, I look at, you know, 2020, it, it was obviously a wild year for everybody, you know. And um, I, look at, I look at my company's growth. Um, our, uh, we have very, very specific lanes that we're, you know, we add a lot of value in Mo. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, some of those are, okay, well, how do you, if you're a business owner, how do we construct for you the optimal method of creating leverage for yourself to reinvest back into yourself, right? And yeah. uh, um, a couple of relationships that, that <clears throat> we cultivated um, are in the habit of introducing us uh, to people who want to rinse and repeat what they're doing, um, but are coming in in a conditioned state to want to have conversation with us about how they can do that, right? And so that's kind of like leveraging their influence. And, mm -hmm. and I look at that and we scaled in a year when you know financial advisors, as an example, really suffered because they couldn't do the face to face. We expanded to the point where you know we went from eight to twenty five to three hundred to now like two thousand requests for consultation every month. It's just wow, growing. congratulations. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You know, and, and and I think it you know it was it was growth that we didn't see coming. Right, similar to you, it was kind of like I don't want to say we stumbled upon it, but you know what I've what I very rarely do though is I very rarely kind of look at some of the habits that on a day in and a day out basis that, that, that we performed. And I certainly wouldn't put myself on the same scale as, you know, like, you know, some of the other, you know, major influencers or super successful entrepreneurs out there, but we're growing into that. Um, but my question for you is what are some of those habits? What are the reoccurring must do's or things that they're doing that other people are just either not willing to do or aren't in the habit of doing that create their acceleration rather you know rather than just sitting you know with you know mediocrity love and company well first i just want to say i commend you for figuring out something in the marketplace and then pivoting leveraging something like this which is a zoom this video communication where you can access more people on a day-to-day -day basis like that that to me is uh, th that's what like th that's what a creator does. Like you're able to see and seize opportunity and you go from having to travel to fill up gas, to figure out how you're going to eat, to go and meet these people. Maybe you can meet four or five, maybe 10 people a day, but on this, I guarantee you could schedule a hundred if you really wanted to, Absolutely. if you really wanted to. So I commend you for that. That's fantastic. Um, some of the habits that, that I've grown accustomed to and that I've seen, ooh, what happened? I love the picture, but I like your face better, brother. Get back uh, here. <laughs> I don't know. I think my, uh, there we go. There you was, go. <laughs> this new, this new, this new, uh, what is it? The Logitech, the 4K thing. It's more finicky than my $50 webcam. <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> Just sensitive. Um, <laughs> sensitive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I've, I've always been grounded in a morning routine. Just, I don't know if this happened haphazardly. I don't know if it happened subconsciously. Um, but, uh, you know, when I had a day job and I had to get to work, um, the only time for me to work out was, you know, between four and five in the morning. Mm. So I would typically get up at three, three 30, and I was in the gym by four. I would do my workout lasted anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes at the time. But now, now I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I have my my, my home gym. And, uh, what I do is when I wake up, I, I look at my phone only to see the time just to make sure that I'm consistently, um, waking up relatively around the same time. So if I'm waking up anywhere between four and five every day without an alarm clock, if I look at it and it's like two o'clock, I'm like, Oh, that's a little early. <laughs> I try to fall back asleep. If I can't, then it is what it is. Um, but the first thing that I do, I, uh, I actually take a cold shower. Um, it's just something that has been, it wakes me up, primes your uh, nerve, central nervous system. 
And it's like a dopamine rush. I mean, it's like, I, I can't, it's just, it's amazing, especially when it hits your face. Um, so anybody that wants to try that, try it incrementally, do it at the end of your shower, start at five seconds, 10 seconds, get to the point where you can do your entire shower cold. Even if you could do it, you know, a few days a week, like you will like during your work days, my God, it will change you drastically. So I do a cold shower and then I journal. Um, and it used to be, it used to be really long and winded. I, I found that a lot of the, the journaling that I was doing for gratitude, um, it was, it was almost insincere. So I really simplified it. Like, I think, I think what we do as human beings is we overcomplicate shit. I don't know if I could say shit. Apologize. Oh, fucking a uh, there you go all right <laughs> yeah. so we overcomplicate everything it's like let's let's really simplify like you know i'm i'm grateful that i'm alive i'm grateful that i get another 24 hours to do whatever the hell i wanted to do and you know i'm grateful that my kids are healthy that there's something exciting going on that day that i'm passionate about whatever it is really simple things like it puts you in gratitude you could also get to a point where you're just in gratitude by by having that form of meditation, right? By taking a couple deep breaths and whatnot. The next thing that I do is um, I get my, my pre-workout, which is very, very low. Sometimes it's non-stimulant based. Sometimes just very low caffeine, about a cup of coffee is worth of caffeine. Most of the pre-workouts that kids these days are taking, it's like, I don't know how you're having seizures. It's, it's unbelievable. Like 400 milligrams of caffeine, 450 milligrams of caffeine. That's insane. Um, and then I get to my meditation. I work out. It's really simple. Like I wake up to cold shower. I journal, I do my workout. And then, um, I have, I do fast. I do intermittent fasting, not, not, not almost unintentionally and not for any like health purposes only because the moment that I have a solid meal, even like a shake, I do have a shake, but it's just with water. The moment that I have a solid meal, my cognition drops. So I typically don't have any solid meal until about two, three o'clock. Uh, so it's, a, you know, anywhere between a 16 and a 20 hour fast. Wow. Wow. I mean, so folks, this is uh Mona Bullsey, habits of the few podcast and habits of the few. I'm going to say marketing to, uh, to entrepreneurs that are looking to build out podcasts. And I mean, you just heard a morning miracle right there. A miracle morning, right? It's specific. Hey, book. You know, great book, right? And, and guys out there, ask yourself the question. How many of you are getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning intentionally every single day going through that habit, journaling, right? The cold shower, which, by the way, I've tried. I, I, I'm trying, you know, <laughs> like I, I've tried a few it, different times. It takes it takes <laughs> a while. I remember the the first like the first month, but especially like the first week when my my wife would be home and she would hear me because I would also shower after the workout and it was also a cold shower. Um, at night I actually take, uh, I hate baths. Like I cannot stand them, <laughs> but I, uh, I soak in, uh, like a magnesium, uh, sulfate. Sure. I throw it in really, really like literally as hot as the water can go in yep. my bathtub. Yep. And I sit in there for about 10 minutes and it's excruciating, but yeah. you, you get out of there. Like you're, you literally feel healed like the magnesium soaked through your skin it helps with joints it helps with recovery you know soreness all that kind of stuff and it really relaxes you magnesium is a relaxant so prior to bed it's a great pre-bed thing um but but anyways what i was trying to say is start really simple when i was first starting out the first week like i would be screaming 
Mm. Like my wife thought I was like fighting in the bathroom with like a dragon or something. Like it was insane. So like, take your time with it, you know, just start with your chest. The worst is the back of your neck and the top of your head. So I would do your, your, your chest first and then like your forehead. And then you start getting up here. And then you, once you turn around, buddy, you're in for a treat. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) my way into it. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 But man, it'll not only does it wake you up, it primes you like you feel primal testosterone shoots up. uh, Dopamine is literally through the roof. Like you're ready to just, go into war and destroy, but not destroy, like create is what I meant to say. You're, you're the second, you're the second person that's made the recommendation. Uh, do you, I don't know if you know, you know, Joseph McClendon. Um, you Sounds know, familiar. Partner, partnered uh, with uh, Tony Robbins, um, had a, had an opportunity to spend some time with him over the past year. And he talks about, um, you know, like the things that get the elect, the, the electron or the electrodes moving in your brain in the morning. And one of the major key components of it is water in general. Right. But he yeah. talked about yeah. the, the cold shower, just the immediate glass of water, room temperature. Yep. yep. Up. Um, you know, I, when I, I not not to not, like you were talking about habits of people that are doing things highly effectively. And I think that that's very interesting in the podcasting world. And so I want to, I want to go a little bit deeper on that for a second, if that's okay. Sure. So <laughs> when I look at, you know, and, and again, I, I, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to what we're doing, but I do think that what we're doing in a very, very specific space is, is interesting to people and has really, really started to escalate over the past about year and a half. Um, and that's talking about methods in which you can create higher velocity on your money. Right. And um, that, particularly in the last 12 months has become really, really interesting because of what's happening with inflation and you know, the, op, you know, the idea that interest rates might rise and markets don't really like that and all those things. And so it's a very timely type of um, type of topic to be focusing in on it. And it, it, we've gained a lot of momentum in that space, right? Yep. But, you know, for somebody who's maybe not necessarily operating in my space, Mo, uh, but is, uh, you know, looking to build out a podcasting presence, right? Because you have absolute mastery in this. If I'm a business owner, um, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, pick pick the uh, vertical that I'm going to operate in. Maybe it's uh, how to be a better network marketer, right? And I want to run a podcast to because I mean, I'm sure that you see this all the time. The post and prayers, right? The people who are like, oh, I'm going to just run a podcast and it's going to get as many people as Joe Rogan, right? And that's yeah, obviously a lot more strategy involved in it than just that. So. When you're taking on a new client or you're having a conversation with somebody about how to effectively build a podcast, what are some of the key characteristics that you're looking at? Sure, sure. Um, well, some of the, um, so you have to look at it from two different perspectives. So you got the first perspective is, okay, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to create something that has like longevity? Are you trying to actually scale it because it's the, the podcast in itself? Um, and you want to build something that's around maybe like a passion or expertise, or do you want to leverage a podcast that means specifically for brand and also utilize expertise, but there's a, there's a slight distinction, um, between the two. So, and, and I'll explain. So if you come to me, let's say you're, you know, you're, you're a business owner and you sell, um, you know, you're, you own a construction company. Well, that's a, you know, it's pretty tough. Like, what are you going to talk about? But if you have like a passion or something that you're interested in, that's completely off topic. Great. Like you've built businesses, like just because you own a construction company doesn't mean it has to be a podcast around construction. 
So we can we can leverage something that you have an expertise in or uh, interest in. Um, and you, you know, you may be very conversational, you have a way with words and you just want to be able to build a brand around you, not necessarily your company. That's a whole nother thing. The strategies for that is completely different than if we just want to market your construction company and build a podcast around that to bring attention to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I can answer how would I would, how I would go both if you like. I would love that. Okay, folks. So listen. You're hearing firsthand if you this this is somebody who not only has built out multiple verticals in in podcasting in general, but now is coaching and teaching entrepreneurs how to go about building out their own podcast. So get your pen and piece of paper out and start taking notes because you're going to you're going to hear right now firsthand how a professional podcaster would go about building out a podcast. Mo, I'd love to hear this. Oh, man, you are just. Just, I appreciate the the love, man. You're giving me too much credit. I'm just a nuts and bolts guy, man. I, I keep things real simple. I don't like to use fancy words. <laughs> but uh, so the way that I would do it, if, if we were running it as a construction company specifically, um, what I would do is I, I would first build a website if they don't have one. And I would, I would literally focus on SEO, video SEO and regular SEO which is something that I could do. We could provide us one of the, the, the offerings. And, and we, would, we would create podcast episodes almost like, like you've ever seen like how-to videos? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we would create a podcast, a video podcast, essentially as a how-to video type of situation where um, we, they would show like clips of like a construction job that's taken place. Maybe it's a new roof right? It's a new roof. Maybe they're building a deck. Maybe they're laminating a deck, maybe whatever the case may be, right? If they're bigger, like multi-million dollar jobs or they're commercial jobs or they're uh, citywide jobs, you know, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is we take that. And so like the owner would be sitting essentially where I am. They're, you know, behind a camera like yourself and they're talking about it. And then they would have like on screen the job and they're describing the job. And then we could take it a step further and actually do it live like yourself, taking questions, people actually requesting, like wanting to know specific solutions to this problem. So what are they accomplishing here? A, they're branding themselves. Mm -hmm. B, people are actually listening in on audio as well as video. So they have the option of doing either or. Um, C, they are, they, they are, they are live and they're actually able to take in um, questions and answers, which is further, further building their brand. They could go live simultaneously on social media networks. And now they're getting that attention and awareness from and growing Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, what have you. Um, and that's kind of how I would package that in the simplest of ways, right? We can have variation. There's a myriad of ways of going about it, but that would be the most ideal for that specific notion because people don't give a crap <laughs> about construction jobs. What they care about is how they can do something at home. Yep. How can I fix something? What is a DIY that I can replicate? So I would focus on jobs that people can do that is mass produced, right? In the sense that it, I, I'm not going to be fixing a sidewalk, but I can fix my deck. I can maybe uh, patch my roof. I can perhaps uh, uh, you know, learn how to pressure wash properly, whatever the case, just simple tasks that they can talk about. They could have a screen on uh, throughout their video podcast. They could they could take in live questions and answers and they can solve people's problems in real time. 
Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That makes so sense. The, the other route is actually a lot simpler, man. It's, it's kind of like this, like, I don't, if you're just a business owner or you're an entrepreneur or you're an author, or you're a creator, and you just want a podcast that has nothing to do with the thing that you're, that, that you're good at or the thing that you do for a living, then we just need to focus on, first of all, we want to see if there's a market for it. Is there a market for it? Cool. Okay. Is that market saturated? Okay. If it's saturated, can we find something maybe that's a little bit more niche within that category? So a subcategory of that major category. So, and then, okay. So if there is a little subcategory that we could create our own little niche in, what's the space look like? Is it competitive? Is it competitive enough to where we can actually make a mark? Can we create something there? Cool. We can. Wonderful. Now, what's, what is our value at? What is, what is it that's going to set us apart? What makes us different from everybody else that is in this larger market where people are, are going to be drawn to us specifically? How can we leverage that? What are the ways to market that? Are we going to focus on social media? Are we going to focus on, and here's the other thing, like we don't want to be too generic either. Like we have to figure out some, every social media uh, 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 uh platform has its own component, right? Yep. The way that I look at it, this is just my own understanding is my opinion, like take it with a grain of salt. But so YouTube is TV, it's long form, they've adopted YouTube shorts, which is in competition directly with TikTok. Yep. That's, that's what it's there for. If you leverage YouTube shorts correctly, and your, your strategy, and you implement it, almost identical to TikTok with slight variation, you can grow your YouTube channel exponentially. I'm actually putting a strategy for myself right now and some of my clients. Uh, with TikTok, TikTok has the highest growth potential right now. If you understand A, the market, and B, if there is that same market, you can find it on TikTok. And then C, if it is there, you can grow exponentially. But TikTok is like the curator. TikTok is a curator. Instagram is like the, uh, the refined conversation. So people go to TikTok, they see your stuff, you know, they get an idea of who you are. Maybe you send them to YouTube for your longer form content, but then they go back to Instagram and Instagram is the place where they feel like they know you at this point and they can carry a conversation. They see what you're about. It's not just post about your business. It's not just post about your podcast. Here's the thing that most people tend to forget. We focus too much on strategy and implementation from a market uh, from a market uh, driven purpose. Instead, you need to focus on the fact that you are dealing with human beings. Like these are people. We're not doing business with robots. We're not doing business with computers. We're not doing business with some weird AI machine. And I guess in some sense we are, but right. we're doing business with people. We're creating content for these people. And so where most people go wrong, I've seen this a lot specifically with business owners, like entrepreneurs that you know, have built successful enterprises and then they try to go on a social media platform and they're just posting stuff that is relative to their business. Okay. Nobody cares about that. Right. They do, but it's but not really the group, right? Yeah. It's a very niche thing, right? Very niche thing. They're there. They want to see who you are. And that's, that's what I found about Instagram. TikTok, you can promote your stuff. It's there. It's a promotional platform. It's there to grow your enterprise. It's there to grow your, your portfolio in essence, right? On social, your standard, your social standard, your credibility, and you can grow like wildfire. And then you can send them to YouTube where they can spend a little bit more time with you, right? They can watch your long form podcasts. But then you send them to uh, Instagram and Instagram is like the, the, the curator. It's the conversation. It's the, 
understanding of the person behind the camera, behind the microphone, behind the business. And that's where everything gets centralized. And so if you, if you strategize in that perspective and then you leverage the podcast that you're interested in, you found that there is a, a niche within a niche that there is enough market share for you to be able to be successful. And then we found a value add that is maybe a little bit different that can reel some people in. Then we would first target and leverage TikTok, YouTube shorts, put the long form content on YouTube, and then send all of our traffic back to um, Instagram. Here's the, this, here's the missing piece. Everybody now, especially, and listen, I, I'm from, I come from a marketing perspective. I focused in on direct response for 20 years of my life. Mm. And so everything to us was copy, add, sales funnel, lead or customer or sale. Like that's it. Yep. There was no organic. There was no nurturing. There wasn't any of that. So understand like my perspective is coming from that place. So what I'm about to tell you, <clears throat> excuse me. By what the way, I, folks, value add right here. Pay attention to what he's about to share. Thank you. So what I'm about to tell you is I, I was in a place where I would peel people away from, from traditional websites. I always said, you know, your website is just like a fancy, expensive digital catalog. It has no relevance. What you need is a funnel. And you do, but for a podcast, absolutely not. You want a website and I'll tell you why. I, I can show you metrics. I did nothing, zero advertising. I am the case study. I just posted a simple podcast website. I installed a plugin where every time I posted um, a new episode, it would automatically update from, from you know, uh, my podcasting hosting platform. And it would also propagate all of my YouTube stuff, right? I would also install the social aspects. So I installed TikTok and, and Instagram, what have you. And then obviously I SEO, did a lot of on-page SEO and off-page SEO, do all the SEO stuff, which can take some time, but just listen to me. I didn't do anything with it. A couple of years, three years. In 2020, when I decided to pick back up again, I'll tell you why I picked back up. Partly because I was bored. And I had nothing to do. <laughs> Second thing, I realized that we were doing over 200,000 downloads a month. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had zero. I had. Yeah, I had zero idea. And then I look at the metrics on the website and the website was producing over 400,000 um, uh, unique traffic on a monthly basis wow. for 400,000 visitors. I'm like, this is insane. And so, and, and all I did was rank it for things that are, that is relevant to the podcast habits, habits of the few. And I ranked now, mind you, I did have some, you know, well-informed, <clears throat> well-known guests on my show, but it's not enough to like really move the needle. Right. But it did help. So I was able to rank everything properly. And so I, I figured out that, wow, like having a website properly indexed, and, and, your, and your podcast is run from that. Like your hosting is one thing. The distribution is one thing. You need that. Yep. But if people don't know of you, if they don't see those links, then it's pretty much a dead link. Like you're not going to generate any traffic. The traffic comes from the website. And you can, and I've run ads and I've run um, YouTube ads. I've run Instagram ads. I've run Facebook ads. I've even run TikTok ads. It is an absolute waste of time. Do not do it. Here's what happens. You get a, you get a lot of views. Yep. Or you get a lot of plays, but you have nobody returning, nobody subscribing, and nobody coming back to you. 
Unbelievable. We are a- City X, but guys, I, I'm sorry, Mo, you were going to say? No, no, that's it. That was it. That, that, that was my spiel. We are Infinity X giving a stage and microphone to human excellence. Folks, you just got an A-plus education on the build-out of not, not only a social media campaigning and distribution strategy, but also how to build out a podcast. And by the way, folks, what you're seeing right now is the, is the quintessential ecosystem merger, right? So, Mo, I look at, a comp- I look at myself, my brand. I also look at our company's branded. We're consulting entrepreneurs. We're consulting business owners. We're consulting people on how to, you know, take risk off the table and build out a financial freedom roadmap, right? And every single day, I am having a conversation with someone who is either an owner, operator, or owner of a practice. Might be a franchise, mm-hmm. right? Might be in construction, as you had mentioned before. Might be in telecommunications. Might be in internet, right? Um, you know, you'd mentioned, uh, the, 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 the magnesium bath. I have a client who owns uh float shops, right? Float oh, I love float. Yeah. Love to float. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, you know, these are things, and these are the things that, you know, super highly successful people are doing, but not everybody really talks about it. Right. But I look at a person like yourself and I say, my God, to have a relationship with somebody who can take my client. And by the way, this is completely value add, no compensation to me whatsoever. It's just me seeing my client take, you know, win and expand their brand. I create a conversation between them and somebody like yourself and you dissect what their business is, what their verticals are and how they can create an effective podcast to put a message out there wildly value added folks. And so this is what infinity X is about. It's about creating ecosystem merger opportunities about conversations with people like myself and Mo and to give to you a channel for which you can outreach and create for yourself a social media footing and a presence or a presence in a specific vertical that vertical that you're looking at. And Mo, by the way, how and people are going to watch this on replay. We are infinityx.com. We are infinityx YouTube. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, honestly, the best my I, I use Instagram as my form of communication. Uh, you can just send me a DM. I respond rather quickly. I, I probably DM more than I do text messages, partly because I like the voice notes. I'm not a big yeah. texter. Um, or you can email me mo at monabolsi.com, but <clears throat> just reach out to me on Instagram. It's the quickest way to get me. Amazing. Amazing folks. So this is Mona Bolsi. The, uh, the podcast once again is the habits of the few, which yes. is one of the more dynamic names that I've come across. I was sharing with one of my audio video specialists before Parker that I just, I, I love that name. It's so creative, so insightful. And now let me ask you uh, a, 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 a forward looking question, brother, please. What do the next one, three, and five years hold for you? What are you looking to move into? Are you looking to be, are you, are you going to be an author? Are you looking to continue to expand this? Are you looking at different markets? Like what's the future hold, bro? Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, actually, yeah, but it, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I am looking to uh, write a book. I've been in the process of it, but it's, it's curated, right? So uh, it's actually going to be Habits of the Few and it's the book very much like tools of titans where i'm going to dissect the most tintillating the most useful raw real practical relevant information to help people um, catapult themselves to success um, and get out of their own way and and give credit obviously to 
um, to those instructors, to those teachers, to those entrepreneurs, to those authors and scientists that I've had the pleasure of interviewing on my show. And it's going to be a collection of like literally nuggets that is practical stuff that you can literally take immediately and apply it to your daily life. Incredible. Incredible. We are Infinity X. We are InfinityX.com. We are Infinity X YouTube. We're being joined by uh, Mona Bulsey, who is just, um, you know, just put massive, massive, massive value in the space of social media verticals in terms of the distinctions between TikTok and Facebook. And it's so funny because Facebook almost seems like an afterthought these days, Mo. You know, it's not like, you know, where once upon a time it was the social media platform. I love yeah. what you shared, by the way, about YouTube. Let's focus in on YouTube for a moment because YouTube is so interesting too. You're right. It's long TV. It's a spot where I know we as a company, Epic Financial Strategies, right? We have... Um, we've grown to, uh, I'm not going to even, I wouldn't say humble. I'm, we're very proud of our subscribership and our growth rate of our subscribership over the past 12 months. I do think that shorts has really started to play into that, but one area that I don't know if you have any presence in, but I am, I'm get such mixed emotions and reactions about when it comes to videoing and when it comes to shorts and even just posting in general, because it's so saturated is LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about I'm, thoughts to be it. quite frank with you. I am not a LinkedIn expert at all. I never really gave it much attention. The only time that I did, it was about 24 months ago when the organic reach was substantial. Um, and I, even though, even though like I am business to business and it was like the perfect platform for me. Yeah. Um, I just got my business elsewhere. It wasn't like a, a focal point for me. I do know people have had tremendous success mm -hmm. leveraging their, the, the tools of the platform. And I still think it has, it's, it's, it's very nuanced, right? Because it's specifically a business version of Facebook. Yeah. And and if you do it right and you're posting consistently and you are meeting that metric in the sense that the dialogue and, and the, the, the matching of what the platform is, which is obviously business related information, um, I, I've seen people grow exponentially with what I recommend. That's where you put your time in right now. No, uh, e even if you are a business owner, I really wouldn't. I'm going to I'm going to just kind of give it to you straight right now. Instagram has a feature called Instagram reels. Mm -hmm. The issue with it is that it's, I mean, actually this is all even TikTok. There is a sequence and a formula for time of day and the frequency. Mm -hmm. So when to post a reel, what hashtags to use and, and then understanding after you've accumulated, let's say 90 days of analytics to see when uh, is the best time for you to post your reel. There's there's three, there's about three time slots. Like right now, it's generally between nine thirty and eleven. This is this is in your time zone, yep. um, and then three to five, and then seven thirty to ten p.m. Right now, it changes so frequently because it's always trying to do something different. Yep. Um, but I'll give you some explanation. I've tested this with dummy accounts. I've tested it with new accounts that I've set up. I, there was an account, like the one that I just started for my media company is like 114 followers. I got like over 26,000 views yeah. on a video that is a real, I mean, if that is any explanation, and then I have my, my personal account, that's like 21,000 followers, whatever. 
And I can get up to 20,000 views, but I can also only get 71. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. very weird and, and eclectic, but I will say this, there hasn't been this much of organic potential within Instagram. And in like, it's, I mean, it's been at least two years, at least. So, and they're pushing out that, that feature because they're in direct competition with TikTok. Mm -hmm. The thing that I would focus on outside of that would be TikTok. And I understand um, people's reservations of it, but if you were to look at the demographics right now, like over 60% is 34 years and above. We've got, we've got grandmas on the platform now, <clears throat> you know, so it just, it's just like anything else. Like Facebook started for college students it, and eventually became for everybody. Instagram was for kids. It became for everybody. Snapchat was only for kids. And now you've got Coca-Cola and large corporations marketing on the platform. Like there's always, it just takes time. And right now you're still within the, within the timeline of really catapulting a, an organic um, explosion of, of, of building a profile, of building a community, of building followers and engagement on that platform, if you leverage it appropriately and if if you use it strategically, and then you can leverage TikTok to funnel and build all the other stuff. Now, when it comes to YouTube, man, YouTube Shorts, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not great for engagement. Mm -hmm. YouTube Shorts is strategic. YouTube Shorts is great for you to exponentially catapult your subscribers, the long form traditional YouTube video, like for your podcast, that, that is going to be for engagement and, and, and likes and comments and views and all that stuff. YouTube shorts is like a free version to skyrocket your subscriber base and blow up your YouTube channel. Like it is, it is so crazy. Like I, I've been going over the strategy for like the last couple of weeks as we're putting together how we're going to catapult this and how we're going to leverage it to build my, because I haven't really been on YouTube. I just started YouTube a couple months ago and then I didn't really do much with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I want to really put something together. And so this is my formula. I'll give it away. This is something I've seen time and time again. We've applied it to other people. This is how I would structure it. I would post three YouTube shorts a day okay. that are relative, that are clips of your one long form piece of content, which is like, let's say the podcast. So you're going to take one podcast that you're going to produce for the week. You're going to take three <clears throat> micro pieces of content. So three little shorts that have like relevance that, you know, would have like a point, right? Like there's something valuable within 15 seconds or 30 seconds that you can, that you, people can get away from. And you're going to post those three times a day. And, and then for the rest of the week, you're going to take your long form, and then you're going to dissect it and you're going to create clips. Mm. So a two minute clip, a three minute clip, and you're posting them as regular posts. This, these are not shorts and you're going to post them throughout the week. Here's what's really cool about YouTube. After you've done, uh, after you've, you've had uh, some longevity with it, with the platform. So let's say your YouTube now is sitting for, I don't know, 30 days. Mm -hmm. You can actually go into the analytics and I'm sure you already know this. You guys are very tech savvy. But you can go into the analytics. You can actually see the rise of the most engagement on your video. What time? What was the time? And, and then the fall where people actually exited the video. Wow. So you find any that, that little slot between where people were super highly engaged and then left. You want to cut out that part that were super highly engaged. And then you could recycle that as a clip for YouTube shorts and 
as a short form piece of content that you could leverage on Instagram and TikTok. We are infinity X. This is <laughs> folks. Look, this, I, if I could reach out and hug you, I would, because this is what we do. People, we bring the value. He just broke down for you literally how to build out. I mean, most got 22,000 followers on Instagram, which is not the easiest thing in the world to build out from an engagement standpoint. And we just keep bringing value. Now, my last question before yeah. I, uh, you know, let you get on with your evening. Yeah. And by the way, I see you in my future, my friend. I cannot wait to build conversation with you after this because you're. I, I love it, man. I love yeah, it. Man. I love your energy. I appreciate oh, it. Okay. Oh, no, listen, <laughs> right back at you, man. But, but I, this is this is something that I was thoroughly convinced was going to be a platform because when you're when you're, I think habits of the few. Um, I think webinar series. You know, I think okay, featured speakers, people coming on, wanting to hear more about what you're up to, as well as getting golden nuggets, as you, you mentioned your book, right? But get being able to get that on a consistent basis. But um, you know, one of the spots where I thought, um, and maybe I could be wrong, but I've abandoned it completely. Uh, that I thought where we, people were going to have a opportunity to consistently get their message out there was Clubhouse. You know, and I don't know yeah. what the hell happened there, man. You know? I uh, I have a. I have a big reservation with that platform. When it first came out, I went, so I'm a, I'm an Android user, Samsung all the way in uh, Google. That, that was the problem, right? It, well, no, I went out, I went out and I bought an iPhone. I bought a brand new iPhone. I was like, we're going to do this. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I signed up, I got, you know, the, the referral link and everything. And I was so excited because I love to talk. Yep. Like I love platform. I like, all I have to do is talk. I don't have to compose anything. I don't have to produce anything. Like this is phenomenal. And I was like, this is like short version podcast. Like, yep. hell yeah. Absolutely. All it turned out into, man, were like, oh God, it's like the best way I can explain it was like high school clicks. Oh my God. Yeah. That's literally it. I'm like, it's the same, same group of people every single time professing their things, getting people up there, promoting themselves. It just was so inauthentic. Like, it's so disingenuous. I didn't find any value from it. There are some that are there, obviously, right? But I'm talking about like the big, big players that run like 90% of the rooms. I'm just like, that are in the space that we're in, right? Entrepreneur, business, money, marketing, whatever, um, you know, personal development. I'm not talking about like the music or the poetry or any other industry. I'm talking about the industries that you and I are typically, I mean, who knows? You might be in the comic books. I don't know. But it was just, it was the same. I can't do it. I can't pull the, it was, <laughs> it was the same group of people over and over again. And so like, I started to watch and the more that like, at first it was phenomenal. I even started my own group that I would, I connected my phone to my computer and I was recording them these live versions of my podcast. And I was literally interviewing people in real time. Anybody that wanted to come up that wanted to ask me questions. I wanted to ask questions. I would get people to come in. It was phenomenal. And then it just started getting, incredibly saturated. And then that high school mentality of these clicks started to come out. And I'm like, this is just sad. Like then I tried the Spotify version of it and it was just, it was most, it was just, I feel like a failed attempt <clears throat> at, at it. Facebook's version isn't all that better either. I do feel like the integration of audio conversation throughout platforms is going to be synonymous, you know, in the next two years, in the next 12 months, who knows, yep. but it just needs to be there has to be like a filtration system of some kind, very much like any traditional social media channel. Like I can decide that I want to go and watch her live, right? 
And if I want to watch your live, then I already know like what you're talking about, what you're all about, but it doesn't mean that you control 90% of the marketplace. Right. That's the issue that I have with it. Yeah. We, folks, we are infinity X replay. We are infinity X.com. We are infinity X YouTube, Spotify, and all the uh, other channels. And Mo, by the way, I'm excited to speak with you a little bit more about building out our brands as well. I'm always looking to be, you know, in the, in the presence of human excellence, you know, and, and folks, we've gotten an education tonight in so many different verticals and Mo, it's just been a pleasure, brother. I mean, I love what Same, you man. do, man. I love your energy. I love your thought process around building up podcasts. And, um, you know, I can't wait to get a copy of the book because the book sounds like it's going to be legit. But, um, before we conclude for the evening, I always ask, I always ask my guests to leave one golden nugget and, or one quote, or just one thing that the folks can take away from tonight that they can actionably or immediately actually put into practice by tomorrow. One thing that I learned the hard way, um, and I forget who said it, but it was um, success isn't owned, it is leased, and rent is due every day. I think that was J.J. Watt, actually. Ooh, now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It, it was on my email signature for almost two years because it was a constant reminder, constant reminder, because I went through it. I remember when I first made it, and then it's like, you, all of a sudden you got comfortable and it's like the moment that you become comfortable, that's like the red line. That's the red zone. You want to be uncomfortable with being comfortable I love or it. comfortable with being uncomfortable, excuse me. And so that quote just resonates with me. And it's something that I always will tell myself the moment that I feel like I'm getting too comfortable for, for whatever reason. Hope that helps. Oh man. Does it dreams of freedom, the hustle sold separately, my friend, that is Amen. unbelievable. Mo, you're a beast, bro. You I too. I got to have you on my show. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's, let's, it. let's get it booked. You're, you uh you followed me on Instagram, right? I did brother. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you a link. Just book a time or whoever can do it for you, and uh we'll we'll knock it out. It'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, brother. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for sharing what you shared tonight, folks. Replay you first of all, you can it, it, it's uh the, the the podcast is oh Jesus, I'm it's I'm losing my train of thought. The habits podcast of the few. is habits of the few. This is Mona Bolsey. You can follow him on Instagram, 21,000 plus followers. Mo, uh, just again, thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. I thoroughly enjoyed Absolutely. it. I appreciate you having me. It's, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for taking the stage. Folks, we will see you next week on another session of We Are Infinity X. Replay at weareinfinityx.com. We are Infinity X YouTube. Mo, thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, bud. I appreciate you. Talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.